Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch, down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guaranteed. Visit ebay.com for terms. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I am joined today by Matt Hicks. He can be found on Twitter at the FF underscore educator. And Matt, we were talking about this before we were started recording. I have now done enough podcasts with you where I can remember where the underscore goes in your Twitter name just based off of memory now. I finally did it. Uh, so I feel like this is this is a huge milestone for us, man. But you are the host of the Rookie Big Board Podcast. It is excellent to have you on, my friend. Absolutely, Yates. It's always good chopping it up with you. And uh, we go back far enough. So I'm glad we got the Twitter handles down now. <laughs> I know. Finally, uh, finally took me what we've known each other three years. And I've now have finally remembered uh, and memorized your username. Took me long enough. All right. It's before a little we get bit more in... difficult than yours. So yeah, a little right. bit, a little bit. Uh, hey, before we get into the tight end rankings and the listener mailbag, we got a ton of content that we are going to get to in this podcast. Want to remind everyone, as I have been doing so over the past several episodes, about our giveaway. That is a Najee Harris signed jersey, courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction. All you have to do to enter this is go to youtube.com slash fantasy pros and hit the subscribe button. Then open up another tab on your browser. Go to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. Fill out the short form there. Attach a screenshot of your subscription to be entered. That is all that you have to do to get this awesome Najee Harris signed jersey giveaway. Again, courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction. Additionally, before we get into the tight end conversation here, I want to remind everyone that we have a Discord here at Fantasy Pros. You can access this by going to fantasypros.com slash chat. This is free for everyone to access. However, only premium members get access to dozens of extra channels, including AMAs. We've got a ton, a ton of stuff over there, and you can engage with a ton of people that are just as passionate about fantasy football as you are. Again, that is at fantasypros.com slash chat. Make sure to check that out. All right, Matt, let's get into the tight end conversation here. And the way that we have been structuring this series as we have been going through quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, is we will run through them in tiers. So what I want you to do here is give me your top 12 uh, your t- excuse me, tight ends 12 through seven in your tight end rankings, list them out for me. And then I've got some questions based on that list. Absolutely. Coming in at number 12, I have Hunter Henry, 11, Dalton Schultz, 10, Pat Fryermuth, nine is Mike Gusecki, eight is Noah Fant, and seven is Dallas Goddard. Perfect. So let's talk about Hunter Henry here, right? So I think with Hunter Henry, it's interesting where the question really comes down to is the touchdown production predictable moving forward, right? Because if it is, 
then he's going to constantly be hovering around this range. And he had been someone that when he signed with New England the day after John R. Smith, right, it was something where people put him in the, what, tight end 15 to 18 range in dynasty rankings because we figured that John R. Smith was going to be the guy in this offense to soak up targets. However, we saw it really flip in that Hunter Henry was the guy. He got the touchdowns here. So do we see John R. Smith take a step forward in this offense next year? If so, does that hurt Hunter Henry? So really, it just comes back to, is this predictable moving forward with Hunter Henry? Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting, uh, Kyle. I am way too far out there. I already have my uh, early set of 2022 projections out there. And Hunter Henry, for me, I put him in at eight touchdowns. And, you know, that feels like a safe place moving forward. He is going to be touchdown dependent. I do only have him at 697 receiving yards. So it's always a little bit nerve wracking, right? When you depend on that touchdown mm-hmm. production. But I think if you look at Mac Jones, if you look at the, the, the way that he commands an offense, uh, his style, I think we can project forward reasonably a slight increase in passing volume here. I know a lot of folks are focused on New England taking a wide receiver in the NFL draft. I'm just not convinced that Bill is going to do that. Uh, so I think we can project with a reasonable amount of confidence that Hunter Henry will be the red zone option moving forward. That being said, they gave John U. Smith money. You have to think they're going to try to get him more involved in that. Uh, but I do have Smith projected out for four touchdowns. I think there's enough room for each of them to get a little bit, but hopefully Henry is the guy moving forward. Yeah, that's going to be the thing. If he can continue to be that heavily involved, if he can hit eight, t- eight touchdowns, that's a valuable fantasy asset, right? Especially at the tight absolutely. end position. So in this range, absolutely. The next guy on your list was Dalton Schultz. And Schultz is someone who I am really interested to see and monitor as we move into free agency this year, right? Uh, upcoming free agent. Does Dallas sign him again? Do they try? Do they have the cap to be able to afford him? I really don't know if they do, but he's 25 years old. And really, the the thing comes down to that I keep thinking about with Dalton Schultz is if he ends up in L.A. with the Chargers, right? You have Jared Cook getting older. They really, you know, Donald Donald Parham hasn't turned into like a full-time player. Like if they have the opportunity to be able to go out and sign Dalton Schultz, does he move into the top five of Dynasty tight end rankings? Yeah, here's the thing with Dalton Schultz, and it's the risk that you take when you're playing Dynasty fantasy football, right? And doing projections and rankings out in January, depending on how free agency goes, His draft stock could push him to be a top five or six dynasty tight end, or he could end up in a low volume passing offense, right? And all of a sudden he is nowhere near as valuable. So he's a really risky fluid asset at this point in time. There is the option that he does stay in Dallas. And if he does, we're talking about a high volume passing attack. We're we're talking about an offense that finds the red zone a lot. And by the way, is most likely uh, going to see long-term vacation of targets for Michael Gallup, if not short-term because of the injury. So there's a lot of opportunity for Dalton Schultz, whether he's in Dallas, whether he ends up somewhere like you mentioned uh, with the Chargers. Uh, So at this point in time, you know, it's good to have him on your roster, but I would be careful about overvaluing him if you're looking to trade for him. That's a good temperature check there, right? And that's part of the the game that you, we play in Dynasty. You talked about it, where we look at some of these guys, and we I played this game last year with Johnny Smith, right? Johnny Smith heading into free agency, and then it looks great. He gets the massive contract. All right, vindication, and then it kind of just all falls flat here this past season with New England. I think with Dalton Schultz, if you are going to take that shot, if you are saying that the LA Chargers, that could be a realistic ex, uh, destination, or guess what? The New York Jets come along, and he you know signs a massive deal with New York, and suddenly we're like, Okay, he's not tied to Justin Herbert. He's tied to Zach Wilson long term. And that could be something where wide range of outcomes as we head into free agency, it could hit. I have him right here with you 
Uh, I've got him at tight end 12. You had him at 11. I've got him right in this range here. So absolutely someone that could move up into the top five. If he ends up in a solid destination like LA, could fall out of the top 12 if he ends up in a situation where it's not exactly favorable. However, we know the floor is there with Dallas. The next guy on your list was Pat Fryermuth. And my question is, should this gap between, and spoiler alert, you got Kyle Pitts in your top five. <laughs> uh, I do as well. Uh, I think pretty much everyone does. So the the gap the gap here with Pat Fryermuth and Kyle Pitts, should that be closer? Based on what we saw here, even going back into the, the pre-draft process and in, in the leading up to the 2021 NFL draft, it was, should this gap with Pat Frymuth and Kyle Pitts be closer? And now that we have the sample size with both of these guys after their rookie seasons, should we be moving Pat Frymuth up into the same range as Kyle Pitts? Or is it justified to keep him here in this range? Yeah, you know, in full transparency, I was somebody who was advocating really loudly uh, that Kyle Pitts was overvalued in rookie drafts this past year. Uh, and I opted instead. I have one share of Kyle Pitts. It's in a, a double tight end premium league. And I had to go all in on there. But otherwise, I end up with about 60 to 65% exposure on Pat Fairmouth because I loved his value in the in the mid to late second round of rookie drafts. And I think Fairmouth is somebody that we can project out moving forward. Again, most likely a high, high volume passing attack. We obviously have questions around the quarterback position. Let's just hope it's not Mason Rudolph. But there's opportunity, right, for them to go out and potentially uh, make a run at Aaron Rodgers, make a run at Russell Wilson. And if that happens then we're looking at somebody who might have a higher level of value. But I think if we're, if we're trying to project reasonably right now, we're looking at somebody with a high floor over the next couple of years, somebody who, who can just sit in that tight end 6 to 10 range, which for fantasy football, if you know you have the tight end 6 to 10, that's a good spot to be right. right? I would it, love it's that. It's such a <laughs> difficult position. So, and, and he does bring that. He's shown the ability to be on the field often because he blocks well. But he has really good hands. He was a very popular target for Big Ben underneath. It wasn't just in the red zone. He was working him in the in the shallow third of the field really consistently. So I have him projected out for 88 targets. And that, that feels very reasonable to me. That could go up. He could move past the 100 target mark. Uh, and so I, I like Pat Fryermuth. But if we're going to compare him to Kyle Pitts, Pitts has the higher ceiling, despite that value conversation. Uh, so I think the there's a gap of about seven, eight spots between uh, Pitts and Fairmouth for me. And that does feel appropriate. Yeah, it's going to be the touchdown equity for Pat Fryermuth. This is what is going to have to push him up the board. And that, I think, is going to come back to, like you mentioned, the quarterback position. Who Do they have an Aaron Rodgers? Then great. I think that that could easily happen. Do they have Mason Rudolph next year? Okay, then probably not. The yardage isn't going to be similar between Pitts and Fryermuth. It's going to come down to the touchdowns. You had Mike Gesicki at tight end nine, then Noah Fant here at tight end eight. And full transparency, he's tight end nine in our dynasty ECR, which stands for expert consensus ranking. I have him at tight end 12 in my rankings. So a little bit of difference here uh, in our dynasty rankings as it comes to Noah Fant. Is it going to take a QB upgrade for Noah Fant to be this locked in top 10 dynasty tight end? Is this kind of what you're predicting for Denver? Or do you think that tight end 12 to 15, even with how loaded of an offense this is, and the potential that the quarterback position doesn't get upgraded. Is that in the realm of possibilities for Noah Fant as well? Absolutely. You know, when you think about dynasty strategy, what is it about, right? It's about taking educated risk. And that's what I'm doing with Noah Fant here. Because you're absolutely right. We could see over the next three years, Noah Fant just be an absolute waste of talent in terms of fantasy football. If Denver does not figure out the quarterback position. But when I look at the Denver offense, right, I see a really good offensive line. I see Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler. They extended Tim Patrick. They have Noah Fant. They care about the offense, right? They, they've built up these weapons. 
And so for me, I reasonably have to think they are going to make an all-out run at one of these free agent uh, quarterbacks, Wilson, um, what we just talked about with Aaron Rodgers as well. And so I'm banking on Denver being able to land it. it it's an attractive spot. They have a good defense, right? Uh, it's an attractive spot for a free agent quarterback, I would think, looking to compete right away. And so I'm kind of leaning into that a little bit, hoping that that works out in his favor. Um, but the thing about Fant that I like, he's got a good uh, career catch percentage. Uh, he, he projects out in the 70s, which is really good for a tight end. And he has gotten the target. So I actually do have him at a higher market share than any of the wide receivers right now, just slightly 18% compared to 17% for Judy and Sutton. Uh, the question is touchdowns. He hasn't been a high touchdown guy moving forward. But I think it's rare at the tight end position that you can project out those targets with confidence uh, along with catch rates. So that's what I'm banking on with Noah Fant, but it is risky. Yeah, the the talent has never been in question for Noah Fant. It's going to come down to how loaded this offense is. And you mentioned like, and just behind the scenes, like an 18, and as we do projections, like an 18% target share to a 17%, 17%, like those are, that's rare. That's rare to have it that specific and that even across the board. Typically you have those dominant wide receivers who are dominant, you know, taking a 25 to 30% target share. And then it's trying to parse through the rest with Denver. It is so even across the board that it makes it difficult to see that path. Unless we have the touchdowns increase there for Noah Fant. That's going to take a QB upgrade. You had Dallas Goddard there at tight end seven. Go ahead and give me tight end six through one. Yeah, absolutely. Coming in at six is Kittle. Uh, five is TJ Hawkinson. Four is Darren Waller. Three is Mark Andrews. Two is Kyle Pitts. One is Travis Kelsey. I will put a caveat here that Kittle to Kelsey, this is tight, man. These six, you could take them almost in any order that you want to put them in right now. My projections put an emphasis on that three-year span. And so mm -hmm. that's kind of why they're in the order that, that they are. Yeah, with Kittle there at tight end six, there is just a little bit of disparity between our dynasty ECR with him being at tight end three. Not a huge difference there, like you mentioned there, with the the top tier options here. Again, like if you are able to get any one of these guys on your dynasty roster, you're in a good spot. The one, I mean, Kyle Pitts, we have to at least mention what he did here this year, 21 years old, 1,026 receiving yards, only one touchdown, which is just absurd. It's ridiculous. Uh, hopefully those numbers, I mean, even next year, if we see that number go up to four, five, mm -hmm. and he still yeah. maintains that 1,026 receiving yards or whatever, over 1,000, he's going to be a dominant, dominant option, only at 21 years old, just getting started. The one that I did want to talk about in this tier, though, is Travis Kelsey. You've got him at tight mm -hmm. end one, and you mentioned not a huge difference, so I'm not, you know, I'm not having like a huge issue with this, but at 32 years old, that's interesting to have him there at tight end one. I have him at tight end four, just for clarity here. So again, not a big difference, not trying to like point this out and be like, this is ridiculous, Matt, but tight end one for a guy who's 32 years old, we don't know exactly how much longer he's going to be playing or how much longer he's going to be able to contribute at a very high level. So talk to me about Travis Kelsey and why you have him there at the tight end one spot. Yeah, listen, when you put him in the projections here, I do, I mean, he dominates the market share uh, in Kansas City. Obviously, Tyreek Hill is there. But if you look past that, Hardman, Pringle, Robinson, they're not high volume guys. And so it allows Travis Kelsey to have 20 plus percent of the market share. So I have him projected out next year, still at 140 targets. He finds the end zone consistently at nine receiving touchdowns. 
I will say, Kyle, you know, I, I list out a lot of numbers. I like to lead with my projections, have a good, mm-hmm. solid base. But part of it is playing with your heart, man. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey consistently has won me championships over the last three years. And we haven't seen a drop-off. Until he shows a drop-off, until he starts looking old on the field, I'm not I'm not pivoting off of him. And maybe that's a little bit too much playing with your heart there, but that's part of fantasy football, right? Having fun. Uh, and Kelsey right there, until he does something to prove otherwise, I just can't drop him. I mean, it's crazy. We look back at what, since 2015, 2016, he's finishes the tight end one. And it's kind of like a disappointing year for Travis Kelsey this past year. And he finishes the tight end two, you know, like it's just ridiculous. The production that Travis Kelsey has had. So yeah, absolutely no issue with that whatsoever. I think it comes down to, I talked about this on a previous episode at this point, all the podcasts are running together. So no idea which one it was on, but saying that I think it's going to come down to if you are in a startup draft, your strategy, right? And how the first couple rounds play out, because you're going to have to take Travis Kelsey within the first few rounds, still in a dynasty startup draft, like how those first few rounds play out. Did it look like, did it walk away that you got Derrick Henry, you know, a guy who is going to help you win a championship right away versus someone uh, like a younger running back who might be someone that can eventually take off down the road that you might be pacing yourself for championships in a couple of years versus competing right away that I think would be the difference of you going after a Travis Kelsey versus a Kyle Pitts or you know one of the other guys in this range so I think it is just coming down to the startup strategy and how that plays out with who you are willing to take there at the top of this tight end tier bold prediction time for you Matt which one of these tight ends that are outside of your top 12 currently will be inside the top five at this time next year yeah, listen, if, if you if you have uh, if you follow me at all in my work, you'll probably feel that I'm really off brand with that conversation so far because I haven't talked about Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox is my guy. Loved him coming out of Ole Miss, played quarterback in high school, transitioned to tight end in college, super raw, super athletic. And I've had him stashed everywhere just waiting for the breakout. And it came this year. Uh, he had the breakout. I got to see him actually in person with a multi touchdown game up there in Buffalo. That was really fun. So I'm energetic about Dawson Knox. I like him a lot. I have a lot of questions about what the identity of this offense is going to look like moving forward right now, right? We're, we're hearing most likely Dabble's going to end up as a head coach somewhere. Uh, Cole Beasley is still there. And, and for everything that Cole Beasley is, that man is just soaking up targets from us, right? Gabriel Davis, they went back to him late. I know we talked about Gabriel Davis last time. So he's soaking up targets and Gabriel Davis soaks up touchdowns as well. Uh, So Dawson Knox is absolutely somebody talent-wise I think is going to be a riser, but it's hard right now in this moment to be able to project him with confidence. So that's why he's sitting down there. He's actually our tight end 13 for me. So he's sitting down there just above the conversation that we're having today, but I'm glad you asked that question because I wanted to talk about Dawson Knox. Absolutely. And just for clarity, I've got him at tight end 10. So inside my top 12, but it's not like I'm sitting here saying that Dawson Knox is instantly a top five tight end because of the a lot of the concerns that you mentioned there, right? We don't know exactly what this offense is going to look like if Brian Dayball does move on. That's a lot. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot of situations that still have to be figured out. Uh, free agency has to happen, right? Does Cole Beasley, does Emmanuel Sanders move on? What a lot has to figure out there uh, as far as what could happen here with Dawson Knox and his future fantasy outlook let's move into a listener mailbag here put this out on twitter the other day so if you are not following me over at kyle y nfl this is kind of the stuff that you're missing you can miss the opportunity to be able to get your question answered on the show so i've got a couple questions here matt that we will just run through uh really good interesting like high level strategy stuff so at the top though we got to talk about a guy who is making one of the most ridiculous comebacks that i have ever seen 
in my time playing fantasy football and following the NFL. Anthony Brickman asked, assuming Sony Michelle doesn't resign with the Rams, how would you value Cam Akers? Is he back to a low-end RB1 or closer to an RB2? I'll let you answer first. Yeah, first off, I don't care if Sony Michelle is there or not because uh, Cam, I think his talent exceeds Sony Michelle uh, and what he could potentially pull from that in volume. So right now, I do have Michelle back projected for 15% of the rushing work, which is not a lot for the running back position. And that puts Cam Akers right now as my running back 11. So he is a low-end running back one for me. I will point out that he's the first player in my in a tier break for me. So uh, my top 10 guys are broken into two tiers, and Cam is right there at the top in tier three. Still highly valued. Uh, if you can get him now, when there's even some kind of question mark about what the offense could look like, I'd say get him now because once we hit summertime, folks are going to get the Cam Akers fever again, and for good reason. I think that, man, that, uh, that buy low window, that buy window slammed shut with what we saw this past week in the, uh, in the playoff game on national television. I, I really came into the year and I was a bit more hesitant on Cam Akers and, and people were pushing him up into the top 10 and, and redraft leagues and stuff like that. I was like, okay, let's be a little bit hesitant here. He was getting a ton of work last year. The Daryl Henderson is still there. And watching Cam Akers on the field and his burst, his athleticism, everything that he was doing, I was like, Okay, I want Cam Akers on my dynasty roster. Like, all right, I got the fever for getting Cam Akers, and I think that that's going to be the case across the board. Like, I think that people are just going to try to get Cam Akers everywhere. So I I think that, Anthony, you put it right in the range, like a, a low-end RB1, high-end RB2. Someone that we still have questions about as far as uh, what this offense looks like next year. Sonny Michelle coming back. Does Daryl Henderson? He looked good when he got the opportunity. Injury, you know, injury risk aside, like that, that has to be taken into account, of course, but like, does he maintain a complimentary role here in this offense? So the workload could be in flux here for Cam Akers. Not really sure. Still some questions. That puts him in that low-end RB1, high-end RB2 territory. Still someone that absolutely want to have on my dynasty rosters. Tyler Bowden asked the next, next, next question. Goodness gracious. Jamar Chase has been incredible. Dynasty wide receiver one, in my opinion, thanks to Burrow. With that being said, how high is T. Higgins' ceiling in terms of a dynasty ranking, being that he is the number two in his own offense? And we have seen in years past that there have been dominant fantasy football options when you have a pass heavy attack and you have two dominant wide receivers off the top of my head. The first one that comes to mind is Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley from a couple years ago when Atlanta was throwing the ball 600 plus times, right? Like that. We saw both those guys be fantastic for fantasy football. So from a dynasty perspective, Matt, where does T Higgins rank for you? And then what's his ceiling being that he is kind of the, the one, a one B here with Jamar chase. Yeah, and you can think of a lot of other examples, maybe guys that are closer to, to splitting that, but you think Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, you think Tyler Lockett, mm -hmm. DK Metcalf, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, right? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't shy away from uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, right? I wouldn't shy away from these two wide receivers. Currently, T. Higgins right now is wide receiver 20 for me uh, in my dynasty rankings. That puts him just behind Devonta Smith and just ahead of Amari Cooper. Here's the thing with T. Higgins. I think what Jamar Chase is going to do is take away the touchdowns, right? I think realistically we have to project Higgins between six and eight touchdowns over the next few years, but the targets are there. He's still getting hundred plus targets a season and you could sign me up for anybody on any offense. If they're getting hundred targets in a season, they're worth, uh, you know, ranking at, at the top of their position. So if you're talking ceiling, he, I think he could push that high end wide receiver too. If we're talking, you know, realistic, sitting right there in that mid wide receiver two range feels very good to me. 
Yeah, for me, he's at 16 in my dynasty rankings. Not a huge difference there between 20. But then also it was interesting going with the uh, dynasty wide receiver rankings update that we just did that we just recorded with Justin Boone. I think he had him up at like wide receiver 10. So Mm -hmm. really interesting difference there and disparity in rankings as far as T Higgins, where he was at 10 for Justin Boone, 20 for you. There's a case to be made for both sides of that. Yet at the same time, I do think that it comes down to like, he's going to be solid. He's going to be rock solid for you. Someone that you can absolutely have as a key piece on your dynasty roster. I think the ceiling is just going to come down to what exactly do you project this offense to be moving forward? Dynasty dude asked the next question. That is when is the ideal time to have your dynasty rookie draft and a startup league draft? So I'll answer this one first. As far as the dynasty rookie draft, I typically put that at two weeks after the NFL draft. That's typically the timeline that I say, this gives us enough time to be able to sit down, parse through all the information, the landing spots, really kind of evaluate it and take into account the greater picture. That gives us enough time to be able to get our dynasty big boards in place, everything like that. Got that all in place two weeks after the NFL draft. That's typically when I'm looking to do a dynasty rookie draft. However, I know that people do it right after the NFL draft or they wait until August. You know, there's a wide range. That's the range that I typically prefer to. As far as the startup league draft, it really can be done at any point throughout the offseason. You want to do a startup league draft right now? Great, go for it. It's going to drastically change with free agency, but that's part of the fun of it. Uh, with You could do a startup league draft in July, August, going into the NFL season. Really, that can be all over the place, all over the map. I would prefer to stay away from doing a startup league draft during the NFL season, but again, I do know that there are people that have done that as well. Anything else to chime in with there, uh, Matt? I think you nailed it, rookie draft for me. I am somebody who loves to fire it up the Monday after the NFL draft, but I'm also a sicko that spends that whole weekend entering in projections for the season, right? I will just say I know there's a there's a movement out there to push your rookie drafts before the NFL draft, not in that camp. I need to yep. be able to put those players in their offenses and do projections. Uh, and so I will just sit on that. Dynasty startup, I love the summertime. Uh, June, July, do the slow draft. You kind of can let news roll out as you go. It's an exciting time, but it's not stressful. I think when you wait till like late August, it's always so stressful. Are we going to finish in time? Are we going to get everything right. set up? So th- those are the kind of time frames that I like doing it. But hey, play fantasy football the way you want to play fantasy football and the way that it's fun for you. I will uh, add on to that. Like whatever you think your timeline is going to be for a slow draft in a dynasty startup, add on like two weeks to it uh, because <laughs> it takes forever. In the uh, Fantasy Pros Dynasty Podcast Invitational League that we did this past off season, it took us a month to get through <laughs> 28 rounds. Like that was, that was rough. All right. Uh, Mr. Mayhem here with the next question. You have the one Oh one in a dynasty super flex on a non-contending team. What are you doing with it this year? Obviously the quarterback class is not as strong as it was in 2020, uh, even 2021, excuse me. So like, what exactly are you doing is kind of your thought process here. And you have a better edge on this than I do even at this point where I'm still trying to dig into the rookies. You have the 101 in a dynasty super flex. What are you doing with it where you do not need necessarily someone to compete right away? Well, I think the key with this question right here is that I don't need to compete right away, right? Because I think there's two schools of thought. Personally, I am somebody in, in my rookie big board formula, it's it, it values the quarterback position in super flex because we know how important that is on your roster, right? And how quickly the value of a good rookie quarterback can rise even ones that don't seem so great before the draft, Justin Herbert, right? A great example mm-hmm. of that. Uh, and so for me right now, uh, I'm taking a quarterback if I'm not contending right away, because that means I have time to let that quarterback develop. It's not, it's not that there won't be quarterbacks from this class that, that are going to hit. 
It's that it might take them an extra year, right, to develop. Mm-hmm. And so right now at the top of my board is Kenny Pickett. Uh, when it comes time for the NFL draft, that could easily be Sam Howell. That could easily be Matt Corral, depending on landing spot and what happens over the next couple of months. And so I would go with one of those quarterbacks. What I wouldn't do is the other school of thought right now that there's folks who would push running backs above the quarterback position. If you're competing right or if you're not competing right away, I would not push those running backs up. But you could entertain Traylon Burks, the wide receiver from Arkansas, because I'm very high on Burks. He scores out almost equally to the quarterbacks, even with positional value weighted in there. And so he's somebody who I could see really jumping in value quickly. So that's a long answer, but I would say quarterbacks or uh, Traylon Burks, the wide receiver. Do you give any sort of consideration to trading down from that spot, Matt? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And this is a year, here's the challenge, and it's already kind of um, forming now. It's not the year that people want the 101. And so feel out your league mates, right? And hold on to that pick all the way up until your rookie draft. Your picks are only going to gain value as the NFL draft happens. Uh, Maybe maybe somebody uh, sitting there at 105 wasn't interested in Sam Howell, but all of a sudden now he just got drafted to the Steelers and the Steelers are your league mates favorite team. And then they want Sam Howell real bad, right? So play it, play it out, play the long game. Don't feel like you have to trade back now. That pick is only going to gain value until you are on the clock. All right. BJAC 70 here with the final question. That is in a two quarterback startup. Should I value QB early over everything or draft best player available based on draft spot for me in a two quarterback league, I'm, I'm placing a heavy emphasis on quarterbacks in Superflex League. I am doubling that into two quarterback league because that means that you are locked into starting that position. And if you do not have depth, if you do not have the star talent there at those two at those key positions with the two quarterback, then you are potentially leaving, you know, quarterbacks get injured. You're potentially leaving an empty spot on your on your roster uh, in, you know, key matchups and stuff like that. So that's something where I am absolutely looking to draft quarterbacks early i'm not playing this game where i'm potentially waiting it out and seeing who falls of course it's kind of situation dependent if you have one of those rock solid options there that's sitting there in the back half of the first round and you know that you have the turn you're able to grab a quarterback there in the second then i think that that's something worth considering but i am absolutely placing a heavy heavy emphasis on quarterbacks in that two quarterback format how about you yeah, we draft similarly in Superflex leagues. I'm somebody who usually will leave the first three rounds of a Superflex startup with two quarterbacks. Uh, in a two QB league, absolutely push that value up. And uh, I won't repeat you know, your perspective here, Gates. I'll echo it because you're absolutely right. What I will add to it is that if you don't take quarterbacks early in a two QB league, you're setting yourself up to make desperate trades later on, right? You're mm-hmm. going to lose value because you're going to love your running backs. You're going to love your wide receivers. You're going to feel like you should be competing, but you can't push through and make the playoffs or be a championship contender. And you're going to oversell your future picks. You're going to oversell your other positions to try to get a quarterback. So get it now, get the foundation of your roster and use those future rookie picks to try to hit on a mid round running back, a mid round wide receiver. That's a better long-term dynasty building strategy in my opinion. Absolutely. I'm right there with you where I am looking to have five quarterbacks in a two QB league. Like that's really like, I'll have the three or four starters locked in. I'll take a shot with someone else that they could potentially, you know, maybe I'll take the backup quarterback for a guy that I drafted earlier. Just to make sure that I have someone to fill that starting quarterback spot. You have to have depth in a super flex league, but even more so in a two QB format. All right. That will do it for today's show, Matt. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to jump on Why don't you remind everyone what you've got going on over there at Rookie Big Boards and uh, where they can find and follow you on online? 
Hey, man, if you're into rookies, it is our season, right? So I'd encourage you to head on over to uh, patreon.com slash the FF educator and get access to my full rookie rankings, the rookie big board discord channel. Uh, it's really active. I have 67 rookie evaluations done for 2022 already. I'm trying I'm to hit way that. behind. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to hit that hundred mark by uh, within about a month or so here. So it's a good class. And if you want to get in on those evaluations, talk about it on the discord. I encourage you again, check it out. Patreon.com slash the FF educator. Also on YouTube, rookie, rookie big board channel, uh, podcast providers, rookie big board. Uh, go ahead and check it out, man. It's the best time of the year for me. I love it. I love this time too, man. We are now getting into the groove and apparently I have to like, as soon as we exit out of this podcast, I got to go study some film because I got to catch up with you, man. Woo, I'm way behind. All right. I can't wait to chop it up in the DMs. <laughs> yes, exactly. A reminder to everyone that we have the Najee Harris signed jersey giveaway. Again, courtesy of our friends over at pristineauction.com. You know how to enter that. You go over to youtube.com slash fantasy pros. One, you watch this podcast. Two, you hit the subscribe button and go over to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest to enter officially that giveaway for a Najee Harris signed jersey. All right, that will do it for today's show. For Matt Hicks, I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.